Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, April the 17th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, voluntary workouts begin in Davie. CJ Anderson is done in Denver, and the Dolphins signed a tight end. We'll get you up to date on the recent draft news and answer your Twitter questions on the Locked On Dolphins Twitter mailbag. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, helps the podcast grow and get out to more Dolphins. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. We have an updated Dolphins prospect board on there, as well as new pieces on Rashawn Evans from the linebackers from last week with Roquan Smith and Tremaine Edmonds. Check out all of that information up there for you guys. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On Magic podcast for all your NBA playoff coverage. And coming this week is going to be the NFL schedule release show. We will have live leaks for you guys on Twitter. I'll be leaking out all the information I get from my source. So keep an eye on that for Thursday when the schedule releases on April the 19th, as well as the Dolphins in the uniforms. Let's go ahead and start this podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And on first down today, we're talking about the football season having one of its many unofficial starts to the season as the Dolphins report for voluntary workouts in Davie, Florida at the team facility. Now, this is the first chance for teams to meet their coaches since the season ended. So all the new players meeting the coaches for the first time, but no on-field drills are allowed at these events per the current CBA. So you basically have them lifting weights and doing conditioning drills. And I suppose the encouraging aspect of this very, very trivial practice was the presence of some veterans like Robert Quinn, Josh Sitton, and Danny Amendola, all newcomers in attendance at the Dolphins workout today. And while it means very little in the grand scheme of things, perhaps the biggest news was the shots of Ryan Tannehill and his left knee with no brace, no limitations, no sleeve on it, and even a video of him stress testing the knee by doing box jumps. So I've said it a million times. I really don't think the knee is going to be a problem. I think you've seen him doing workouts where it's not having any impact on him. Obviously, these are not game situations like how he got hurt in training camp last year, but it does seem like the knee has been put behind him and he can finally move on and hopefully get on the field for 16 games in 2018. And it goes back into the idea of drafting a quarterback and what the Dolphins might do with that first pick in the draft as we are now just nine days away from the NFL draft and all the suffering ends. I don't know about you guys, but I have definitely hit the draft wall. I am just ready for it to get here. These, these last couple of weeks leading up to the draft, they really drag on. So I'm, I'm ready for it. We are just nine days away as you listen to this podcast. But talking about addressing the quarterback position. And I've said it a million times talking about what Ryan Tannehill's floor is and how at worst, I think he's probably one of the bottom 10 quarterbacks and not any worse than that. He's not going to be one of those guys that implodes and gives you the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. He can play his bad games, but he also can elevate himself into that eight to 10 range in terms of best quarterbacks in any given week. And that kind of fluctuates here and there throughout his career, probably a little bit more in the middle than on the plus side of that, which is why fans are a little bit apprehensive about Tannehill coming back and playing quarterback. But 
it all kind of gets down to the idea that the Dolphins are probably going to have to address the quarterback position in this upcoming draft, and they're doing their damnedest to get all of these holes filled up. Now, the secondary wave of free agency has brought you in some players at four positions that were arguably the greatest needs for the Miami Dolphins roster in 2018. And that, of course, is linebacker, quarterback, running back. And then now today, tight end Gavin Escobar signs a contract with the Miami Dolphins. He made his rounds playing for three teams each of the last four years. I have not gotten into his film study. I was planning on doing that at some point tonight as I record this on Monday night. But I don't think there's a lot there to look at. I'll I'll get into it and kind of pull his name up on Game Pass and see what's there. But I think he's more of just a camp body, in-line blocking type of player that can hopefully help this team in tight packages and give them a better opportunity to run the ball on third and fourth and short. But I don't think he's even close to a guarantee to make the opening day roster. But it just kind of covers the point that we've learned over the last several years with the Miami Dolphins and Mike Tannenbaum in that they're going to get into the draft with as few holes as possible to open up their freedom on draft night, whether it's moving up the board, down the board, or taking the best player available regardless of position of need. So that probably opens up quite a bit of possibilities on draft night in regards to who they'll take. And we'll get you guys an updated mock draft later this week and probably again next week before the draft, we'll finalize our final mock draft on Lockdown Dolphins. But first, let's talk about the upcoming draft and what the first round might look like in regards to leading up to the Miami Dolphins pick at number 11. I think the first five picks of the draft are starting to kind of make themselves more clear, materialize what teams are going to do. In my opinion, four quarterbacks are going to go in that first five. Now, I've been saying first four for a long time now, but I'm starting to buy into the idea that the Browns will stay put at four and take a player there. So from Benjamin Albright on Twitter, who has been one of the best hits the last couple of years in regards to getting things correct about insider reports, who teams are looking at, that type of thing, he has an idea that someone will be coming up for both Josh Allen and Josh Rosen, the two Joshes, the two guys that have been players that you could consider polarizing figures and that there's some guys that love them some guys that don't feel the same way and that's kind of how this entire draft class is you can't really find that many agreeable opinions if you put five random NFL fans in a room and ask them who the best quarterback was you might get four or five different answers with a completely different order from every single person that participates in that so whether or not you agree with who they are what Benjamin Albright says is that someone's going to come up to number two with the New York Giants and trade up there and somebody probably coming up to either the Cleveland Browns spot at four or Denver Broncos at five, more likely the five spot. So I have all four of those quarterbacks going first and then Saquon Barkley to the Browns at number four. And then the potential teams that Albright mentioned coming up for quarterbacks, he said three of them and two of them are to be expected. Buffalo Bills, Arizona Cardinals, but the third team is the one that we have speculated about since the trade of Brandon Cooks, but the New England Patriots reportedly looking to go up to get Josh Rosen. But who really knows what any of this means? Personally, I hope they do come up for Rosen. I am not a fan. He has been the one that has been speculated to possibly slide out of the top 10 and be available in the Miami Dolphins pick. And of course, everyone that has that distinction seems to get linked to the Miami Dolphins, no matter how much effort they put into putting the idea out there that Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback this year. But nonetheless, the Dolphins have sniffed around a lot of these quarterbacks. So What turns me off about Josh Rosen is his inability to get out of the pocket or to extend within the pocket at all. His mobility is absolutely non-existent. He can make some really gunslinging type of decisions at times, which doesn't really, it's not really in his makeup to do that just because he's not a big arm thrower, awkward off-platform thrower that some of the other guys are like Baker Mayfield. Now, when he's in the pocket and when he's clean and it all looks good, he's one of the best spinners of the football in this class and even going back a few classes. But that the inability to move around in the pocket. He makes some really poor decisions. And the fact that he ended the last two seasons with injuries, has three major injuries before he's even 23 years old, 
a quarterback that's often banged up, two concussions, a shoulder injury. I just don't like the medical. I think it's insane for how often the Dolphins fans are asking for a safer option in terms of medical at quarterback. And then I hear Josh Rosen get brought up. So I don't really understand that logic, but we'll see what happens on draft night just now, nine days away as we record this podcast for you guys. But we'll get into the rest of the first round leading up to the Miami Dolphins pick after this on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Winkfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. So if it is the Buffalo Bills that come up to number two to take Josh Allen and the New England Patriots jump to number five to possibly take Josh Rosen off the board or the Arizona Cardinals, that kind of throws a monkey wrench into things. However, that leaves a lot of talent on the board for some other teams to make things happen. So let's just go with this. No trades in this order. Bradley Chubb to the Colts. Derwin James to the Buccaneers. Quentin Nelson to the Chicago Bears. Denzel Ward to the San Francisco 49ers and Tremaine Edmonds to the Oakland Raiders, which leaves Minka Fitzpatrick, Roquan Smith, and Vita Vey on the board. And I think that, I said this on Twitter last week, that I believe that Minka Fitzpatrick has been the target all along. And some of these trade-up opportunities are probably looking at possibly the quarterback, but also seeing what Minka Fitzpatrick might cost to come up and get. So between the ability to play multiple positions, match up on the defensive end, his relationship with Nick Saban and Saban's relationship with Adam Gaze, the fact that Adam Gaze likes players from the SEC that are prepared under Nick Saban at Alabama, I think that's probably going to be my prediction for what they will do. I still want Derwin James to make it, but I think it's going to be Mika Fitzpatrick that does fall for them. And as you move on to the later parts of the draft, I have been mocking a running back to the Dolphins in the second, third, or fourth round a lot lately. But we had some news that came across the wire today and that Denver Broncos running back C.J. Anderson was released from the Denver Broncos. And it sounds like him and Miami would be a perfect match in terms of the fit. And what it really means is that Adam Gaze, he's always wanted three backs that can run the entire playbook. So you have Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, or C.J. Anderson on the field. You can run any play in the playbook regardless of who is on the field. And you don't have to worry too much about missed assignments from that position Another thing it does signing C.J. Anderson would be to basically take running back off the draft board and take a need off that list. And one of the complaints that I keep seeing on Twitter is the idea that this class is so deep that the Dolphins would be foolish to take their hat out of that ring. And while I can understand that point, you have a lot of running backs you might like. I'm sure that there are 10 guys that if any Dolphins fan heard called at some point throughout the draft, they would be excited about his potential to be teamed with Kenyon Drake in the backfield. But just because it's a deep class doesn't mean these guys are impervious to the bus factor and guys slip for a reason. Yeah, you find Kareem Hunts just about every year, it seems, in that middle portion of the draft. It doesn't mean you're going to be the team that finds that guy. So if you get this backfield of Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, and CJ Anderson, you have a complete back where you don't really have to worry about anything changing on offense. You have three guys that can basically take over if they have to for a short period of time if someone gets banged up. And just remember that Kenyon Drake was a freak at the end of last year and played his best football down the stretch, one of the better running backs in the NFL at that point. So sounds like the Dolphins might shift their gears from running back on draft day if that deal gets done. We heard reports about the fact that the Denver Broncos wanted to trade Anderson to the Dolphins for Jawan James. The Dolphins were on board and then last minute nixed that deal. We later ended up learning that there was no substantial evidence behind that claim and that it was all false. And it makes sense the Dolphins wouldn't do that too because you wouldn't trade a starting right tackle and a pretty good one in this league for a running back that's on his last leg in terms of being with that team. Now, Anderson's not on his last leg as a player. He's only 27 years of age, great fit in the zone running scheme. He can catch the football out of the backfield and offers you a lot as a starting running back even. But pairing him with Kenyon Drake would be a really good dynamic duo there. And obviously Frank Gorham, what he does in short yardage as well as his reliability and implementing his veteran presence on the team. I think Anderson and Gore would be a fantastic role model situation for Kenyon Drake going forward. And we've got one last segment on the podcast for you guys today. The Locked On Dolphins Twitter mailbag. You guys know the drill. You put out the 
questions on Twitter, I answer them on the air, give you a Twitter shout out and read your handle here on the air. We'll do that next on Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. And we've got one last segment for you guys in the podcast. We have a very busy Twitter mailbag to get into. So let's go ahead and jump into the Locked On Dolphins mailbag. You guys know the drill. I put the questions out on Twitter. You guys submit them to me. I read them on the air as well as give you a Twitter handle shout out. The first question comes from Alexander Ruiz at Xander377. What do you think happens if we don't come out of the draft with a tight end or defensive tackle? I would be very surprised if they don't come out with a tight end. And defensive tackle, I could see happening. There is Jonathan Hankins still out there on the free agent market. The Dolphins uncovered some defensive tackles late in the draft last year, both from Devon Godshaw and Vincent Taylor. So whether they feel like they have to do it late in the draft or sign an undrafted free agent or get a veteran free agent, I think they can find an answer there to be your fourth defensive tackle in 2018. Like tight end, I think that I would be very, very surprised if they do not address tight end on day two with either of those second or third round picks. And then Alexander Ruiz also asks... Is there a position that you would double down on in this draft? I think both the linebacker and tight end classes offer good opportunities to go ahead and do that and find guys in that middle round range and kind of bolster the depth in those both those positions and give you a crack at a quality starter. Next question comes from Patrick W at Pat W tweets. What could Miami realistically expect to get trading down from 11 to the 15 to 20 range? I think if you're the top end of that, like the 15 area, you'd probably be expecting a third or fourth round pick back. If you get down to the 20th range, you could get a late two or maybe an early three from whatever team does that. So I don't really know that the draft calculator board is is up to date just because teams kind of find their own way around that. So I'm not sure exactly what it is, but you'd probably get a day two, maybe early day three pick for doing so. Next question comes from George Stoneman at George Stoneman. What do you think the chances are of one of Carew, Branch, or Parker being traded on draft night? I don't think anyone's going to come calling for Leonte Carew or Andre Branch. I don't see how the Dolphins keep Leonte Carew on this roster in 2018. If they go six receivers, I guess that, that could be a case. If they do, he's going to not even be active on game days. But with the five guys they have, I just don't see them keeping the sixth around, probably going more towards running backs and offensive line to bolster the offensive roster. Now, I don't think that anyone's going to have a, a market for Andre Branch. He just makes too much money and is not productive enough. Devontae Parker could be the wild card there. If they can get a decent offer for him, I would do it, but I just don't think anyone's going to pay for him for a one-year rental where the best-case scenario is that he has a big year and then has to ask for a big contract that you can't pay. So I think probably very little on all three of those guys. Brian Watson asks, what do you think of the Escobar signing? He is at Brian Watson 131. We already went over that a little bit. He's just kind of a camp body just there to kind of push guys like Marquise Gray and Thomas Duarte. Next question comes from Jason Clary at Clary. Who is your favorite prospect for the Dolphins and why is it Shaquem Griffin? Basically talking about the fact that I have lauded Shaquem Griffin for a long time. I would say it's Derwin James. You guys know why, but Shaquem Griffin, just for what he brings in terms of effort, energy, the kind of young man that he is, I think he'd have a great impact on the Dolphins building, both on the field and off during the course of the week, in the film room, on the practice field, in the weight room. Everywhere he is, he just has a positive effect on people. So that's why I love him so much. Next question comes from Lee at Lee Top Landing, our wonderful graphic designer for LockedOnDolphins.com. Do you think there's any chance Miami trades up for Barkley rather than a quarterback? I think that that could be a possibility. They've sniffed around some running backs a lot so far in this process, and Sony Michelle's the one that we keep seeing. But if Saquon Barkley somehow falls to the seven or eight range and it only costs the Dolphins an additional third or fourth maybe, I could see a scenario where they do that to try to help Ryan Tannehill in that running game get going to set up the play-action game as much as they possibly can. But... I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to go pretty early. So slim chance it happens, but I can see them targeting him in a trade-up. Next question comes from Zach Pagano at Zach Pagano. Would you rather have CJ Anderson split carries with Drake and Gore or find somebody in the draft? I would say Anderson just because it opens up your 
possibilities in the draft. I mean, they could still draft one and, and maybe just, you know, plan on having him sit behind Gore for a year while he gets things ironed out. But I think that that backfield offers a lot of versatility. You don't have to change the playbook when any of them comes onto the field. So I would stay with the two, the three veterans, the two newcomers there. Next question comes from David Simpson at Sensei27. Say we are all wrong and the Dolphins do trade up and draft a quarterback in the first round. What do the Finns do with Tannehill? Do we keep him for one year? Do we trade him during the draft? What pick can we expect in return? I don't think he's being traded because of the way his contract is built. The Dolphins kind of put themselves in a position where they're going to have to play him in 2018, see what they can get. And it makes more sense because... Right now, his value is as low as it's going to be. If he comes out and plays well for another year, you can probably get a first-round draft pick for him if he does play well in 2018. So that's what I would expect back in return, but I do not see him getting traded prior to this season. Next question comes from Steve C. at Stevie Splash 11. Who would have to be off the board for you to consider trading back? I would say if either of the safeties are there, you take them. So Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick. I would say it'd be tough with any of the linebackers there. But because I'm a big fan of Rashawn Evans, the the guy coming from Alabama who is expected to go a little later on in the first round or maybe early second round, I would trade back and target him if the linebackers were there with a glut, try to get someone to come up for the receiver or quarterback or whoever it is they want to come up for and try to move back and get a linebacker. So basically just the safeties to answer your question. Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick. Last question comes from football noob at Finns noob. Think the Finns can wait till after the draft to decide on Vaccaro and CJ Anderson? That would seem like the most options preserving course I do agree with that I think Vaccaro is the backup plan to seeing what happens in the draft I think Miami has every intention of trying to make one of those safeties of the pick in the first round if not maybe a Jesse Bates or Justin Reed in that second round or Ronnie Harrison from Alabama I think they really want to address that dime package and get themselves a third safety to help them rotate TJ McDonald more out of a safety position and into more linebacker positions and get someone that can move around and do more things back in the backfield and that will button up the Twitter mailbag. Thank you to everyone that wrote in and asked questions. That really helps me get more content for you guys and helps me kind of provide the answers to the questions you guys want to hear. So I really appreciate that. But that will do it for tonight's podcast, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at Locked On Fins. And follow our flagship show, at Locked On NFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. And check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow with another edition of Locked On Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.